Here is 17-year-old Robert Wadlow. He weighs 28 stone and stands well over 8 feet in height. Everyone looks up to him. He's the big boy of Illinois. And wears a 35 shoe. Robert's pet hobby is photography, but he prefers the movie kind best of all, for everything inside him is moving upwards. I owe my fascination with the odd and unusual to Robert Wadlow. As a kid growing up, I used to love the first chapter of the Guinness Book of World Records, filled with human oddities. I'd stare in wonder at the pages featuring Wadlow. As the world's tallest man ever, he stood 8 feet 11 and a half inches tall. He would have hit the 9-foot mark if it hadn't been for a blister on his toe. I'm Mark Hartsman, and you're listening to Robert Wadlow, the man who should have been 9 feet tall. I'm Weird Historian. What is your present weight? Well, I don't know the exact figure, but it's uh, somewhere around 450 pounds. All right, that's pretty big. Known as the Gentleman Giant, Wadlow was born in Alton, Illinois on February 22, 1918, and weighed a normal 9 pounds. An overactive pituitary gland soon made the rest of his life anything but normal. He quickly grew into a big baby, weighing 62 pounds by his sixth month. At five, he was already five feet four inches and 105 pounds. When Robert was nine, he could carry his 150-pound father around like he was a puppy. By 13, he was easily the world's tallest teenager at seven feet four inches. In 1936, Wadlow graduated and attended Shirtliff College on a scholarship. He hoped to enter the legal profession. Instead, he began making public appearances for shoe companies in order to receive his custom-made 37 AA shoes for free. Other types of companies also used him for publicity. An advertisement for a store called Gately's gave away a $7.98 electric clock lamp to every customer Wadlow greeted. Let the world's biggest boy give you the biggest free gift we've ever offered, the ad promised. In the beginning of July in 1940, Wadlow was appearing at a festival in Michigan sponsored by a shoe company, when a fatal sore formed under a leg brace, causing an infection to set in. Local hospitals were unable to properly accommodate him, allowing the infection to linger. As it worsened, he developed a fever of 106 degrees. Doctors finally performed a minor surgery and gave the giant a blood transfusion, but it was to no avail. Sadly, Robert Wadlow died on July 15th at the young age of 22. He had still been growing. Tell me, Bob, are you going to stay with the circus, or are you going back to school? I'm going back to school, probably next fall. Right now, I'm a freshman at Trillis College in Oldham, and I intend to finish my college course and quite possibly take up law. That's a grand ambition, Bob, and I want to wish you every success at it. And now I'm going to say adieu. I see our time's almost up. 
But I do want to thank you ever so much for appearing as my guest on this Postal Telegraph Theater Guide program. Give her a big hand is an expression that has only one meaning for 26-year-old Ted Evans of Englefield Green, Surrey. For Ted, at present appearing in a Pete Collin show, is the world's tallest man. Nine feet, three and a half inches on going to press and still growing. Ted Evans was not nine feet, three and a half inches tall. He did, however, adopt the tallest man alive title years after Wadlow's death. Evans was born in Derbyshire, England, in 1924. He never enjoyed an average size. Rather, he managed to live in both petite and gigantic extremes. At the age of 14, Evans was only 77 pounds. The lightweight teenager had the size and desire to be a jockey, but an athletic injury caused him to suddenly grow like a garden weed. According to Evans, the injury upset his glance in some manner and set him on a course to become a giant. Though most circus giants exaggerated their heights, None ever listed himself at a height greater than Evans. When he came to America in 1952 with the Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey show, an agent for the circus only wanted to bill him as 8 feet 11 inches. That was still a great exaggeration. The Guinness Book of World Records lists his actual height at 7 feet 8 and a half inches. Though Evans had gained extraordinary altitude, he maintained his thin frame. At his supposed 9 feet 3 inches, he only weighed 392 pounds. The tallest man alive used his great size to help New York City promote its spring cleanup drive in 1953. During a parade on wheels, Evans clutched a 20-foot broom to help support the city's slogan, Keeping New York Clean is a Giant-Sized Job. Evans was on loan from Ringling, but surely promoting the show as well. Like many giants, he stood extraordinarily tall, but his ears were short. Ted Evans passed away in 1958 at only 34. Of all the giants who have roamed the earth, the tallest, of course, was Wadlow. And while he undoubtedly towered above all other men on the planet, he wasn't history's most all-around massive person. In this next story, we'll meet Miles Darden, the man who is twice as big as Andre the Giant. I'm just a normal giant. Born in 1799 in North Carolina, Darden reportedly grew to stand 7 feet 6 inches tall and weigh just over 1,000 pounds. That's more than a foot shorter than Wadlow, but more than double his weight. Or, to better help your imagination, picture Andre the Giant, but slightly taller and twice as heavy. Combine his glandular condition and a very hearty appetite, and that's no surprise. One Miles Darden equals two giant Andres. Like Wadlow, Andre, and other giants, a malfunctioning pituitary gland likely caused Darden's abnormal growth. A man of this stature would seemingly have left numerous legends of size and strength, yet few exist. Darden lived a quiet and uneventful life, he was a farmer and later in life opened a tavern and inn in Lexington, Tennessee. Many articles from the late 19th century stated that Darden wasn't exactly proud of his size and refused to step on a scale. His weight, in 1845, was ascertained by a clever and curious group of fellows who waited for Darden to board his specially made two-horse wagon, 
built with very strong tension springs, in order to measure the distance of the cart's body to the ground. When Darden was away from the vehicle, they loaded it with stones or possibly 100-pound sacks of sugar until the cart lowered to the same distance to the ground. Their crude measurement? 871 pounds. Of course, he continued to get bigger. In Every Day in Tennessee History, James Jones claims Darden's typical breakfast included one dozen eggs, 30 buttered biscuits, a gallon of water, and two quarts of coffee. That's enough food to feed a family, which he also had to do. It is believed that Darden was married at least twice, with one wife bearing at least three children before passing in 1837. Remarkably, she only stood 4 feet 11 inches and weighed 98 pounds. His children were also large, but nowhere near the unusual proportions of their father. Outfitting a man of Darden's size was no easy task. His coat took 13 and a half yards of fabric to create. It once fit around three 200-pound men with ease, who demonstrated its magnitude by walking through the town square together. It was said that Darden could single-handedly pull a loaded wagon from a mud hole, whereas normal-sized men couldn't budge it. According to Lexington historian Paul Williams, Darden could overpower a bull and pull him backwards. Williams also recounted the story of Darden saving a man who had ridden up to his saloon on a horse, nearly frozen to death. Darden lifted him off the horse and carried him inside to warm him up and recover. Pulling wagons from mud and besting bulls in strength are impressive displays of power, but Darden's greatest feat may have been the one he exhibited every day, simply supporting his enormous frame. Darden lived a long life for someone his size and remained mobile until his final years. His colossal size eventually led to his death on January 23, 1857. Doctors say the cause of death was due to strangulation. Rolls of fat around his windpipe prevented him from breathing. His casket was eight feet long and took 17 men to place him in it. Thanks for listening. Weird Historian is brought to you by me, Mark Hartsman. The theme song was created by Steffi Copeland. This episode was edited and mixed by Igniter Media. The Robert Wadlow interview clip is from 1937 and came from a YouTube video posted by British Chick 09. The news clips came from British Pathé. For photos related to this episode's stories and other strange tales, check out my site, weirdhistorian.com, and follow at weirdhistorian on Instagram. And if you like this podcast, tell your friends about it. They might like it too. Until next time, have a weird day.